Hello, and welcome to the Clinical Compass Finding Our Direction. Here, we discuss new evidence-based findings on the current topics in medicine. I'm joined here today by one of my senior faculty, Dr. Louis Karitsky. With the rise of STIs, or sexually transmitted infections, we feel it's important to talk about expedited partner treatment. Now, what expedited partner treatment is, is when we treat, when we see patients in the clinic, we give them the treatment for them. However, we don't give treatment necessarily for their partners that need to be treated as well. So that in a nutshell is expedited partner treatment for STIs, such as chlamydia, gonorrhea, and trichomoniasis. Dr. Kuritsky, what are your thoughts on this matter? EPT, or expedited partner treatment, is not a new idea. I've been practicing since 1973, and even in those years, it was clinical practice that was quite common that when you saw a patient with one sexually transmitted infection, to, although it's better, see the partner and treat them, to actually provide medication for a person's sex partners because there are some partners who are not likely to come in or get treated, and that leads to the promulgation of further STIs. So it's good that essentially the entire U.S. map is filled with states which will generally allow expedited partner treatment, but they do have some nuance and differences about the way that should be done. When the CDC guidelines came out in 2021, they again endorsed EPT and suggested that optimally, if you're seeing a patient with an STI, the best of all worlds would be to have their partner or partners come in, receive thorough education and screening for STIs themselves, and get both information and treatment and establish a patient record. But obviously that technique has not been working because as you said, Ben, we continue to see higher and higher prevalence of STIs throughout America. So the EPT has been thought of by the CDC as what's called a harm reduction tool, with the idea that even though in the best of all worlds, each person who's potentially affected by an STI would have a personal discussion with a clinician, a medical record, and a personal prescription written for them, that that is not going to be the way that we're going to gain maximum traction over reducing further prevalence of STIs. The way the EPT is suggested is, if the patient you are seeing feels that there is not a strong likelihood that a partner or partners will come in for treatment and they're willing to provide the partner with the oral prescription, remember expedited partner treatment is not appropriate for anything parenteral, that you can prescribe a prescription for the necessary therapy for the partner and give it to the patient that you're seeing to provide to their sex partner. Probably the place which this is most efficient is where you can actually provide the medication itself. So where you have a site where you're able to dispense an appropriate amount of medication because there's a lot of holes in the system of making sure people get appropriate treatment for STIs. Simply the step of getting the prescription into the hands of another person, having them have enough initiative to want to go and get it filled, having the economics to get the prescription filled, taking it properly. Obviously, there's many steps along the path 
where people can fall through the cracks. So the most efficient system is in places where they have the option to dispense a medicine, let's say like doxycycline, or if you're seeing a patient as trichomonas metronidazole, that you provide an appropriate prescription both for the patient you're seeing and sufficient for their partner or partners. I want to add, if someone does have uh, gonorrhea, usually we give ceftriaxone as a shot. The CDC recommends that you can give 800 milligrams of cefixime to treat gonorrhea uh, unless they tested, if they tested negative for chlamydia, you can give cefixime. If they tested positive for both chlamydia and gonorrhea, you can give cefixime plus doxycycline as well. Now, Dr. Karitsky, this is probably, arguably, an extremely, one of the toughest conversations to have with a patient. How do you kind of initiate the conversation of expedited partner treatment to the patient that is now currently here uh, at your, in your office? There is no perfect system to get the right medicine to the right person at the right time with one single method. The problem is that when uh, you're seeing a patient and they have an STI, and you provide the medication for a partner, you're doing what the CDC calls presumptive treatment. Because especially in a situation where your patient has an STI and multiple partners, we don't know whether your patient is the source that could have given it to the partners, or whether one of the partners is a source that gave it to your patient, or how this mixes and matches to find out which persons are actually infected. One of the beautiful things about the availability to de define by PCR, some patients who have had an intimacy with a known positive person with GC, chlamydia, or trichomonas will not have contracted the disease. But there's no easy way for us to know that without them coming in. Some people don't come in because of the stigma, the inconvenience, distrust of the medical profession, lack of access. Some come in don't come in because they simply say, well, I feel fine. I don't have any symptoms. Why should I come in thinking that the STI should be symptomatic when we know that literally for most of the STIs, the number of asymptomatic infections far outweighs the number of symptomatic infections. So in the best of all worlds, we would talk to our patient and their partners and explain to them their risk and give them the option, okay, would you like to be tested to confirm which STIs you have or do not have, and, and even expand the scope of screening with that opportunity to talk to them to include things like syphilis and HIV screening at the same time. But we don't have that option. A bunch of people are just not going to go in. So the greatest harm reduction step we can provide is to give information about what your patient has written to your treated patient to take to their partner and say, Here's the infection I've been diagnosed with. Here are the potential consequences to you. The best treatment would be for you to get treated if, if, and tested also. But if that's not an option for you, here's medication to presumptively treat you as an infected person. Now, going off of the CDC 2021 updates, there are 46 states that say that there should be, you should be doing expedited partner treatment. There are four states 
that kind of say, you know, it could potentially be available. There is no state in the United States of America that shy away or say you cannot do expedited partner treatment. So wherever you are in the United States, you could potentially uh, do expedited partner treatment. The state of Florida, which is where both of us are currently practicing bad, was not until 2016 that expedited partner treatment was formally legalized. So I, I only have one caution about this process, Ben. And first is, if you're going to do that, make sure that you document in a chart that you've suggested to your patient that the best treatment path would be for their partners to be seen by clinicians and have formal histories and diagnoses made. But knowing that that is not an option for some, that you're offering expedited partner treatment because you've conversed with your patient and they feel that there's low likelihood their contact will come in, that presumptive treatment, expedited partner treatment, is, is the best choice. So I think you need to, to document that in, in your chart and make sure that people are clear that you are, are not casually doing this. And there's one other technicality. I don't know how our listeners will feel about this. I conversed with several pharmacists about that. I said, okay, well, if I'm going to treat, let's say, with a week of doxycycline for an STI, can I just write double that amount in one prescription and make it a little less expensive? And the two pharmacists I've spoken to most recently, despite advocacy for expedited partner treatment, said no, that that would be considered a fraudulent prescribing pattern. That if you're going to be technically honest and legal and ethical about this, don't write enough in one prescription for two people to take it. Instead, write two separate prescriptions. Of course, that will incur a little bit of extra cost, but in order to keep above board and ethics at, at its peak, we are supposed to write two separate prescriptions and not just include in one prescription a sufficient amount for a partner or additional partners to be treated. Throughout my uh, career, I've seen patients come back with recurring, within the span of months, uh, chlamydial infections, gonorrheal infections, trichomoniasis infections. Um, you have a lot more experience than I do, Dr. Kuritsky. What have you seen in your practice um, about recurrences of you know, any STIs and not being able to get rid of them or eradicate them in, in your patients because of not using EPT? Well, what we know, and through my experience, I can echo the recommendations of the CDC. You'll note that they recommend retesting in certain populations for chlamydia, not because of test of cure, but rather because reinfection is so common that it merits another visit within a three to six month interval just to make sure there hasn't been reinfection. So I think the, the storyline has to go, STI is still a great challenge in America. While we've made some headway in, in making sure that we have very few truly ultimately resistant organisms, that's always a concern. And the only way we're going to gain any degree of control is to offer patients treatment on site, as well as offering them, when necessary, the harm reduction tool of expedited partner treatment. 
To conclude, expedited partner treatment can be used for patients' partners to help mitigate sexually transmitted infections. Join us next time on the Clinical Compass, Finding Our Direction. The opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not reflect the views of UCF and HCA entities. The recommendations in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Please see your primary care physician for medical care regarding any advice heard in this podcast. I would like to disclose that Dr. Louis Koritsky is or has been a consultant for Lilly, Behringer Ingelheim, Nova Nordisk, Sanofi, and Bayer.